Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the JZO Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives, in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. Now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Welcome to the World of Mythbits Podcast, and I am your host, as always, Stephanie Barty. Welcome to episode 27. So, it's been a couple of weeks, um, three to be precise, and there is a reason for that. Um, I haven't been slacking. Okay, well, I've been slacking, but the reason why you weren't getting podcasts is not because I was slacking. Uh, the first week, the gentleman that puts my vocal audio magic out into the airwaves for you all to hear was very, very ill. <laughs> so he was unable to do what needed to be done. I have no idea what he does. I just sit and talk for however long and then do a couple of things and send it to him and he works his magic and then y'all get to hear it on a Monday. So, um, he was very, very sick. And then last week, um, I had found out a friend of mine that I had gone to school with had died. And on the Sunday night, I got very, very sick and I was down with the flu, and we're not talking congestion, cold, and, you know, cough and sneezing. No, no, we're talking, you know, moving from room to room carrying a bucket flu. At first I thought it was bad chicken, and by Tuesday I'm thinking, nope, this is not bad chicken. Because <laughs> it was awful. And I attributed it to food poisoning at first because the chicken looked pink, but um, my husband said that they just picked up the, col- the color of, of the ham and bacon, um, and he didn't get sick. And it didn't have that... I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning, 
But if you've had food poisoning, you know it comes with a distinct taste. Now, this is gonna. I know this is this is weird. Like, how do you know that it's food poisoning by the taste of what you're expelling from your body at the rate of you know Regan from The Exorcist? Um, because. Your breath smells like rotting hamburger. When you burp, it tastes like rotting hamburger. And that's, for me anyway, that's how I know I have food poisoning. And I've had it a few times, so I'm susceptible. Anyway, so yeah, I was very, very sick. And I almost didn't podcast this week because I lost another friend. Um, very unexpectedly, um, Kathy was sick and had been sick for a while, but Sean was completely out of the blue. Um, hadn't seen him in a while because I haven't had a vehicle, so I haven't been down to my friend Dana's in the city, and Sean was always at Dana's. He was like, <laughs> I used to tease him and tell him he was like furniture. He was always there. Um... But he, he liked to withdraw from society every once in a while just to get away from the people, get away from everything and pull his energy back into himself and recharge and go back out. And, um, yeah, well, this time he wasn't doing that. He died. Uh, so I was kind of dealing with that, um. I'm heartbroken over it. I'm more heartbroken for my friend, Dana. Um, she's devastated and I can't, she's like a sister to me and I can't be there. I can't just jump in my car and, and hour and a half, I'm at her door and it bothers me. It bothers me. Anyway. Um, and it's, you know, Easter weekend, so I was with the grandbaby all day today, and I understand why we have babies when we're younger, so I wasn't going to podcast today, and then I thought, well, you know, it's been three weeks, I really need to podcast, because now it is I'm just slacking, <laughs> I'm tired, I did a major spring clean yesterday, and you know, moved furniture and purged a bunch of stuff and um, cleaned. And my husband steam cleaned the carpets and washed the kitchen floor and was washing walls and, you know, rediscovered the color of the paint in my kitchen and kind of went, I didn't realize it was that bright. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a rough month. And it dawned on me the other day, too, that I haven't written anything since my last installment last month in the magazine. Um, in the World of Myth magazine. And that bothers me, too, because I know the part I want to write for the next part of the story, but it's just not there. And I thought, okay, well, maybe it's not time to write that part. I'll nothing is there. I've kind of hit a block. Uh, 
I think I worked through a good bulk of the block the other night, um, talking with a friend of mine. And I do believe his exact words were, and pardon my French, fuck the block. <laughs> Ow! Pointy corners! No, no. But, uh, and talking to another really close friend of mine, um, I just started having a flurry of ideas about the character that I want to write about in the next part. And who he is, what he is, how he got to be the way he is. Um, so tomorrow, which will be today, if you're listening to it on Monday, uh, yeah, two days before the magazine is to be released. I'm editing tomorrow, all day tomorrow. Like I said, April's been a rough month. March was a rough month. Yeah, so far, 2019, I'm not liking you. January, February, you were off to a rocky start, but, you know, we could overlook a few things, and then wham, you're just hitting me with, and not just me, it's not just me, it's people close to me, too, that are getting hit with whammies left, right, and center, and you can stop now, that'd be good, we'd be, we'd be happy, thank you very much, okay, you know, we appreciate that we're all still alive, and tell the ones that you love that you love them, and all the lessons that these things are supposed to teach us. Um, we got it. Let's let's have a lovely May. That would be great. So yeah, I will be. You will be listening to this podcast, and as you're listening to this podcast, send out a silent prayer to me because I will be editing my face off. Um, I have all day. I'm off for the next week and a bit. I don't go back to work until the first of May. Um, staff holidays. Yay. I've already been off for a week. And yeah, <laughs> figures. I get staff holidays. I get two and a half weeks off. And the first week, I'm sick. Awesome. So, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to be editing like crazy and hoping when I'm all done, there's still enough time because I did a huge spring clean in my downstairs and cleaned the upstairs bathroom. Well, now I have my bedroom to do in the hallway and, you know, get a slight breeze down the hallway. And it looks like the Wild West with the dog hair tumbleweeds because it's spring. So, you know, Odie just looks at you and half a dog falls off of him in the fur. Yeah, so I got some spring cleaning to do and I want to get all the winterizing plastic off the windows and open the windows yes i actually slept with my window open last night it was absolutely lovely until dawn when all the birds started their lovely little song and i realized oh yeah <laughs> they like to sit right outside my bedroom window and sing to me and i you know Great. Do that at two o'clock in the afternoon when I'm sitting on the back deck with an iced tea, sweet tea, and enjoying the sunshine. Sing to me then. Don't do it at dawn when my eyeballs are closed and I'm sleeping. And I was having a really good dream too. Like a really, really good dream. Um, can't remember what it was about, but when I woke up, I know I was mad that they woke me up because it was a really good dream. And you know how you try to get back into the... It, no, it didn't work. They ruined it. They ruined it. Yeah, great that the robins are back, but shut the hell up. Go wake somebody else up. 
I love you, but shh, shh. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. Yeah. Great, I just threw all that out at you in the first ten minutes of the podcast. Well, now what? Now what do we talk about? Oh, I've been watching this guy's Facebook page. He does videos, and he's absolutely hilarious. Like, I've been, I've also been kind of in a depressive funk lately. It happens, and I think getting sick was the catalyst for this one. I was already kind of on a downward slope with the weather. I haven't seen the sunshine in so long. It's very gray here. When we do see the sunshine, it's intermittent. It's like, you know, hello, I'm here and I'm gone again. Um, it's spring can be very gray, very, ugh, very rainy. Um, some days very snowy, even in, yes, in April, we have had snow May 24th weekend. Um, We've had snow the first week of June. <laughs> and then the second week of June, it's 97 degrees outside. So, yeah. We we make jokes about how do you dress for the weather in Ontario and you layer. You have your shorts and your tank top, then your pants and a light sweater, and then leggings and a heavier sweater, and then your winter coat, hat, boots, and mitts. And that's to go out in the morning. And by mid-afternoon, you're down to your tank top and your shorts. And then as the sun starts to dip, about 4 or 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, you start layering up again. <laughs> it can happen. And, you know, you carry a snow shovel and an umbrella in your car because you, you might need both in the same day. Still wear your winter boots, even though there isn't a stitch of snow on the ground, because by lunchtime there could be two feet. Yeah. But uh, big news in our town this week is the Pierre Como Icebreaker, which is the Canadian Coast Guard Icebreaker, finally made it into our harbor on its fourth attempt. Well, not its fourth attempt itself. Um the fourth attempt of sending an icebreaker. The first attempt was just a little icebreaker on the Canadian Coast Guard they sent in, and the ice went, <laughs> no. So off it went. And then they sent in the U.S. Coast Guard, and they tried to come in, and the ice went, <laughs> go away. So off it went. And then the Pierre Como, which is the biggest in our fleet. Um, if I understand correctly, if I read correctly, it is used to break up, it is the type of ship used to break up ice in Alaska. So it should be able to break through this ice, no problem. Um, well, they examined the ice after the third failed attempt, or after the second failed attempt. And the ice where they were trying to come through at Hope Island was three feet thick. Okay, three feet for an icebreaker shouldn't really be a huge deal. Um, but what had happened is the ice had cracked and had also shifted and these three feet 
hunks of ice had created a 15-foot ice wall. <laughs> so it was a little difficult. So they gave it a week, and it was warm and rainy, and, you know, Mother Nature was given all the help she could. And they sent the Pierre Como back, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I don't even know what day it is today. Oh, Sunday, right. Um, yeah, it might have been Friday. Thursday or Friday. And I saw the video and it made it right into our harbor. Yay! Which is a big deal because we have a grain elevator right down on the water. And we have a ship that docks there in the fall um, because the, everything freezes over. So all the shipping lanes are frozen over, so shipping pretty much comes to an almost a complete halt in the wintertime. And in the spring, the Coast Guards come in, and the icebreakers come in, and they break up all the ice, and they open up all the shipping lanes, and shipping resumes again, and everybody gets their grain and whatever it is they're shipping all through the Great Lakes. And it's all lovely. Um, which is why there was such urgency, because... They couldn't get the shipping lanes open. And by now, they should have been open and ships crossing back and forth, doing their thing. Um, but, nope. But now they've got it all open and um, the ship... I can't even remember the name of the ship down in the harbor. because it's, it's like furniture. <laughs> it's there all the time. And you see it there all the time. So you don't really pay attention to it. Um, but it is a big deal when it comes in in the fall to stay and when it leaves in the spring. When it comes in in the fall, we know winter's coming. Yes, like Game of Thrones, we know winter is coming. And when it leaves in the spring, it's like, yay! <laughs> it's gone! It's spring! Waterways are open! It's going to be nice eventually. Um, but like half the town shows up to watch the ship leave. And, you know, it, the, I mean, you can hear the ship's horn throughout the entire town. It doesn't matter where you are in town. If you are outside, you will hear those three blasts. And it's kind of cool. It's, it's a town thing. You know, that's our ship. And it's full of grain. Off it goes. Um, so it's exciting. We should be leaving this week. Yay! But, uh, yeah, so it took them four tries to get past Hope Island. Um, if you're not from this area or even from Canada, Google Georgian Bay and find out where Hope Island is. And um, I am in the Midland, Victoria Harbor, Penetang, Portmanicle area of Georgian Bay. And my town sits right on Georgian Bay. We're in a little inlet of Georgian Bay. So, um, yeah. We are a harbor town. Ships come in. We even get cruise ships coming here now, which is bizarre. We see these great big Great Lakes cruise ships coming in and all these tourists. And it's like, you're looking around your town going, why? <laughs> I don't get it. 
Why? <laughs> I personally would never go on a cruise ship. Um, no. Well, I don't know. I can't say that. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. I can say that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. No, not even in the Great Lakes. Not even in fresh water. Mm, no. Nope. 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 I think I actually probably drowned on the Titanic in a previous life because just the thought of being on a big cruise ship out in the middle of the water, nowhere near land, scares the living bejesus out of me. It really, really does. And if it's salt water and there happens to be sharks, no, 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 not even, maybe, never gonna happen. I have a severe, severe phobia. Let me say that again. Severe. S-E-V-E-R-E. -E -E. I'm not sure I spelled that right, but we'll go with that. It is 1130 at night. Um, severe phobia of sharks. To the point where, I'm going to tell you a little story. When my boys were little, my husband and I took them to Universal Studios in Florida. Lovely place. Great place. Uh, well, first we went to SeaWorld. And fantastic. Got to see all these neat fish that you don't get to normally see. And they have these aquariums that you can actually walk underneath. So you're basically, you're walking through these plexiglass tunnels. They look like plexiglass, okay? I know it's not. But you're walking through these tunnels and you're walking through the actual aquarium itself. So fish are, you know, floating all around you and, you know, swimming by you and swimming over top of you. And it's really kind of surreal and lovely. And the jellyfish are very pretty because they all have lit so perfectly so that every aquatic feature in there is displayed to its best um, ability. And then we walked into the shark tank. And it took me a minute to realize that we were in the shark tank. And then a shark swam over top of us. And I looked down at my children. And they were 10 and 8 at the time. And I thought, okay, I gotta hold it together. I don't see any leaks from any of the rivets. Nobody else is calm. Gotta hold it together for my boys. And the tour guide, there's always guides in each room to tell you about stuff and talk about stuff. He could see I was a little nervous and, you know, I'm kind of sticking to the center of the room instead of you know, everybody else is like stuck to the glass, like those Garfield stick-ons that people used to have in their cars. And I'm sticking to the center of the room as close to the exit as I possibly could. And my kids are having a blast. And my husband's just, he's, I can see him quivering because he is desperately trying to hold in his laughter. Love that man. <sighs> and I'm, I'm, you know, swallowing my panic one breath at a time. And I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Until that lovely little person in the little blue vest looks at me and says, Oh, you're perfectly safe, and taps on the glass and says, This is one inch thick pressurized glass. You're perfectly fine. <sighs> one inch, did you say? There is one inch between me and certain death. Are you kidding? I climbed my husband. I climbed the tour guide, and I ran screaming from the shark tank.
Now, you would think that that would be enough, that my husband would have had his fun and moved on and, you know, let it go. But no, that wasn't the end of that. So we exit the shark tank and they're petting the baby nana rays and I'm going, no, no, I'm good. I'm going to stand over here in the sunshine. And this is, I'm good. Yeah, let's just get this done with. So we went on a couple of, we went on, I think they only had one ride. I think there was only one and you got soaking wet. So we've saved that till the end of the day. Get in the car, back to the hotel. Now, keeping in mind, I am three months pregnant at the time and we get back to the hotel and yeah, my husband and my two sons are just thoroughly enjoying the fact that mommy was terrified of the sharks that were probably well fed and wouldn't have even paid me any mind if I had, if it had collapsed and I ended up floating around in their tank. And there were people there that were a lot bigger than me and would have made a better meal. But, you know, whatever. Phobia is what phobia is. It's not rational. So I get a craving for a beef and bean burrito. Off we go walking because there was a 7-Eleven just down the road from the hotel. So we walk down to the 7-Eleven and we're at the back of the store by the, the coolers there and the chip racks and picking out drinks. And all of a sudden we hear this commotion at the front of the 7-Eleven and this guy is completely losing his mind. And we're thinking, okay, so I don't need to be from Bean Burrito that badly. Let's just, you know, casually make our way to the door and leave. Well, doesn't the guy behind the counter lock the door? With the crazy guy on the inside of the store. Now, keep in mind here, okay? We're not used to this kind of thing. We come from small town, Ontario, Canada. Small town. Small town. Okay? Where the most you might see is somebody getting a little uppity in the line at the bank because their welfare check didn't go in on time. And immediately they say, I'm so sorry. I'm just a little upset. I don't mean to take it out on you. We're not used to people losing their mind in the 7-Eleven. I can't even tell you what he was freaking out about, but his buddy came out of the bathroom with a baseball bat. So now my husband, my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, and my pregnant self are now cowering behind the chip rack trying to see if maybe we could fit in the drink cooler and make our way out somewhere. I don't know. Terrified, anyway. So, he's got these two guys locked in the store with us, and he has set off the alarm, and we know eventually the police are going to show up. I gotta give it to you, Florida. I really, really do. When your state troopers walk through that door, they ducked. Now, this is where I found out, I, like I said, small town Ontario, Canada, Canada. And I never knew why they had these lines and numbers on the sides of the door. Did you know that that is to measure people when they come in? So if they commit a crime in the store that the person can say they were five between five and six feet tall? I didn't know that. I learned that in Florida. So anyway, these state troopers come in, and I swear they had to turn sideways to get in the door and duck, because they were huge. 
huge. And they, they take the two crazy dudes and we get what we came for and pay for it. And we're like, does this happen often? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, at least two or three times a week. Uh-huh. That was the last time we went to the 7-Eleven. So back to the hotel we go. And our next, the next day we were going to Universal Studios. So we got all ourselves all off on bed. And we were all excited about this. So off we go to Universal Studios. And we had a lovely day. We went on the Twister, the movie Twister. They had this whole Twister ride thing. You got to see all the props from the movie. And that was one of our favorite movies as a family to watch was Twister. I don't know why we live in Tornado Alley. But anyway, um, we got to see the DeLorean. We got to see, um, oh, oh, what is the name of that movie? Okay, now I'm going to have to Google it because The Navigator. We got to see the ship from the movie The Navigator. And we just, we had a blast. It was a really good day. And then we came across the Jaws section of Universal Studios. Now, the reason why I have this phobia of sharks is because my mom, in her infinite wisdom, thought taking a four-year-old to the drive-in would be a good idea. Actually, it might have been two or three. She figured I would lay down in the back seat and go to sleep. Nope. I watched Jaws at a very young age and it traumatized me and I have a phobia of sharks. So let that be a lesson to you. Do not take your children to see scary movies when they're very, very little. Okie dokie. I'm just saying. Because it will get ugly in their adult years. And I'm about to tell you how ugly it can get. So we're going through the Jaws section and they've got you know the ship and they've got a bunch of props and stuff and um they actually had the big prop of the shark hanging you know how in the movie they catch that shark and it's hanging from the tail and they get pictures of it and everything well they've got it up high enough that you can actually stand underneath it and they convinced me Oh, mom, it's not real. Go stand underneath it. So I did. And they took my picture and I was feeling very proud of myself and very brave and silly me. They talked me into going on the Jaws ride. Now I watched this ride and I knew what was going to happen. I knew at some point in this ride, the shark was going to come up the side of the boat and scare the people in the boat. I knew that. So I said to my husband, I put my love and my faith and my trust into my husband. And I said to him, okay, fine. You all want to go on this ride really, really bad. You want mommy to go on this ride with you really, really bad. Just do not put me on the side the shark comes up. Okay, please. I'm begging. Just don't. I will go on the ride, but I don't want to be anywhere near where that shark is going to come up. So my husband goes and talks to the guy that does the tour on the boat. And they've got it all figured out, the perfect spot for me to sit. So, off I go. We get in. And I'm sitting at the edge of the boat, like on the side of the boat. And there's the seat sits four. And we're at the front of the boat. So I'm thinking, great, because the tour dude is there right in front of me. And he's doing all the talking. So he's not going to be in the part of the boat where the shark comes up because he's got to pay attention. So I didn't 
noticed that where I was sitting was really, really wet. I'd been on a lot of rides that day and a lot of them were really, really wet. It had rained and, you know, didn't pay attention. So there's me. And then to my left is my eight-year-old and then my 10-year-old. And as far as he could possibly be was my husband with our two children in between us. And we set out. And it's all lovely, and he's telling us about all of this stuff. And then, of course, the radio does that crackle thing, and you hear the fake dude come on and say, Oh, no, we've had one escape, and blah, Okay, whatever. So I know what's coming. I know at some point in time, something's going to bump the boat, and it's going to move it a little bit. Shark's going to come up at one side of the boat. And I'm like, okay, I'm prepared for this. I'm prepared for this. I'm prepared for this. And all of a sudden, there's a shark right beside me. It came up right beside me and I grabbed my eight-year-old and I whipped him over to the other side of me and I held him towards the shark like an offering not my best moment and the shark went back down in the water and I placed my poor traumatized eight-year-old back down beside me and the tour guide decided right then and there he was done he couldn't complete the rest of the tour because he was laughing too hard and everybody else on the boat was laughing and I was plotting the demise of my husband. It was going to be slow. And it was going to be painful. And it has been 18 years. And he is still waiting. And I am still playing my age in my head. He will get his. I'm telling you. But yes, I, 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 I did grab my eight-year-old child and throw him in front of me, offering him to the shark instead of me. Not my finest moment as a parent. But that's what phobias will do to you. They are completely irrational, and my fight or flight instinct kicked in, and it was get, just, you know, here, <laughs> take this one. I'll make another. I've got one brewing. Okay, um, yep, I'm good. I've only had this one for eight years, not really attached. Here, <laughs> not my finest moment. I, I can honestly say not my finest moment. But that has been a family joke in our household for 18 years. And this is why I don't like sharks. And this is why you don't take small children to movies that could traumatize them in their adult years because they will offer their small children up as an offering and a way to get out of said phobic situation. So, mm -hmm. I have a plant in my house. And when it first came into our house, I reminded my husband of his practical joke that he decided he was going to play on me at Universal Studios on the Jaws ride. And for a couple of weeks after, he would keep counting the points on this plant, making sure that there weren't little pieces missing. Because this plant is a poisonous plant. Um, it's a very lovely plant. It's a very common house plant. Everybody has them. They're very pretty. But if used in the correct quantity will kill a person, and interestingly enough, if they're not looking for that 
particular chemical in the toxicology, they won't find it. Because it won't show up like arsenic or whatever. Any other kind of common poison. It won't show up. So he was a little nervous, which was fun. (laughs) I have to admit, it was fun. So yeah, it's now, um, we have a shelf over our kitchen sink. And it gets the best sunlight. And we have our monster... One of these days, it's going to take over the house aloe vera plant on the shelf. And this, they call it the mother-in-law plant on a shelf. And it's huge. It's like almost to the ceiling now. And it's right in the kitchen where you do all the cooking. So I'm not allowed to cook anymore, strangely enough. It's funny. Yeah. But he checks the plant every now and again to see if there's pieces missing when we have a disagreement. But, uh Yeah. So, yeah, today was Easter Sunday. You'll be listening to this on Easter Monday. And we had my oldest boy and his wife and our grandson over for dinner and Easter fun. Um, James is only 18 months old, so... Yes, I am in the big comfy bed. Uh, James is only 18 months old, so coloring eggs or doing an egg hunt um, was out of the question. That and the fact that this time of year, we don't have a backyard. We have what we call Lake Barty. And our backyard turns into, well, right now it's Swamp Barty because a lot of the water is now starting to recede into the ground. But up until about two days ago, the backyard was about two feet deep with water. So yeah, Lake Barty. And... It's mucky and muddy and just, yeah, no, not good conditions for an effective, fun Easter egg hunt. Now, we don't do the church thing. We don't do the religious aspect of Easter. Easter for us is more of family getting together and eating good food, and celebrating, and chocolate bunnies. So that's what we did. We had a really good roast beef dinner, and um, my daughter-in-law made her famous brookies. Oh my gosh, it's a dessert to die for. And yeah, it was all fun and games until James decided, that's it, I'm tired, I want to go home now. And then things turn ugly. As they do with an 18-month-old when he's done, he's tired, and he wants to go home now. So he was a little cranky. But we made it through. And I decided I would get rid of the grays. So my daughter-in-law, who's really good at dyeing hair, she did my hair for me. So I am back to being my lovely auburn red, and there's no grays, and I'm a happy camper... Um, doesn't make me feel any younger, makes me look slightly younger, but I'm good with that, you know? Slightly younger is better than looking slightly older. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a crappy month. It's been a crappy two months. And I'm looking forward to things being not crappy. 
So, um, in two days, because when you listen to this, it'll be the 22nd. So on the 24th, don't forget that the next issue of the World of Myth magazine comes out. And you can check that out at www.theworldofmyth.com. See, Dave, I did it. I remembered. And you can check out the Facebook page at the World of Myth magazine. Come over and we do every week. Dave does a Did You Know? And a lot of his Did You Knows, I did not know. I really look forward. I think those come out on Fridays. Yeah, every Friday he does a Did You Know? And no, I didn't know. So it's a surprise to me too. And then Mondays you get the podcast. So you can check out the podcast at, um, you go to Facebook. It's at T-W-O-M-B-P. You can find us that way. Or just go to the search bar and type in the World of Myth Bits podcast. We're on Twitter at T-W-O-M-B-P. And you can also find the World of Myth magazine on Twitter as well. So just search in the World of Myth magazine and come and check us out. Um, me, you can find little old me on Facebook at author Stephanie Barty, on Instagram at Stephanie Barty author, on Twitter at Lupa B. Um, but I also take care of the World of Myth magazine Twitter page and the World of Myth Bits Twitter page. So you can find me on any one of those. And you can email me at Stephanie Barty, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, B as in Bob, A-R-D as in dog, Y, at theworldofmyth.com with your stories, your poetry, your criticisms, your ideas, your hey, how are yous? Don't send me naked pics because I will publish them. Oh, yes, I will. To the world. Um, and I will rate them. So don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. I'm done. I'm over it. Don't send me anymore, please. But yeah, so I hope you all had a good Easter and spent time with family and loved ones or just reflected on, you know, your life. And where you'd like to go and where you'd like to be. And, you know, I know the whole Easter story is Jesus was crucified on the cross and he died and he rose three days later. Well, here's an idea for you. Why don't you think about your own rebirth? How would you like to change? What would you like to change? And how can you go about doing it? How can you create a new, better, more improved you that can achieve the things in life that you want to achieve. Because there's nothing that you can't do. You just have to put in the work to do it. Things aren't going to be handed to you on a silver platter. 
when I was taking spiritual classes, um, we were told a story teaching us basically that you can put things out into the universe and you can ask for things and you can do all the workings and you can do all the rituals and all of that. But the story was basically every night this man would pray, please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery. Every single night he prayed, please let me win the lottery. And finally, after a while, this beautiful figure appeared, covered, bathed in, in white light, appeared before him. And she looked at him and she said, you know, you've been praying. You want to win the lottery? He's like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Please, please, please let me win the lottery. And she said, she looked at him and she says, I'll tell you what. I'll let you win the lottery. I will grant you your wish, but you have to do something for me first. For anything, anything, I will do anything. And she looked him dead in the eye and she said, at least go buy a ticket. Now, the moral of that story is whatever you believe in, God, the universe, a higher power, whatever you believe in, whatever your faith, your, your, your path is, you can have everything that you wish for. They will grant you your wishes. They will grant you your desires. But you have to do the work first. You can't expect to be world famous actor, singer, author, whatever. If you're not willing to put in the time, the effort, the training, the writing, the classes, Everything, if you're not willing to put in the work, you're not going to get what you want. They may put you in all of the right places and open doors to give you opportunities. But if you're ill prepared for those opportunities, you're not going to get them. So do the work. Figure out what it takes to make your dreams come true and then do it. Stick to it. Whether it's writing a book, whether it's getting in shape, whether it's cleaning and organizing your house and keeping it clean and organized, whether it's something more serious like getting off drugs or getting off quitting alcohol, getting out of a toxic relationship. Figure out what it is you need to do and continue to do it. And don't count your days. Don't count your days. Oh, I've been out of this horrible situation for so many days. Because eventually you'll get to a point where it's like, okay, so yeah, we've been, I've been out of this, away from this for two years What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Well, it does mean something. It means you're no longer that person. You're a totally different person. So take that totally different person and go a totally different way. Find a new way. Don't go back. You don't want to go back. They only put rear view mirrors in cars so you can see when you're backing up so you don't bang into shit.
You don't drive backwards. Why would you live backwards? Don't go backwards. Move forward. Continually keep moving forward to better yourself. And that's my lecture for today. <laughs> so I hope you all had a good Easter. Don't forget, in two days, our new issue comes out for the World of Myth magazine. So check us out at www.theworldofmythmagazine.com. Um, you can start submitting for May's issue now if you want. And you can send all of your emails to Stephanie Barty at theworldofmyth.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and me personally on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, everybody. Happy Easter, Blessed Ostara, whatever it is you celebrate. Have a good day. And we will talk to you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. The world of myth bits.